Welcome to the Shitposter.club anime review podcast. I am Dad, your host. With me is Cool Boy Mew. Hey, hey. And special guest Crate. Hey, how's it going, guys? So Crate wanted to discuss Made in Abyss, which is a big sprawling series with a lot of cool shit happening in it. So we needed to dedicate a whole episode to it. So on Shit Poster, we've been watching both seasons and the the one movie that's new material. But it's all taken from the manga. So I'm I'm caught up on the manga, by the way. Uh, um, uh, yeah, I don't there, think there's only like three other chapters or something. Yeah, it, w- it was six chapters, it, I believe. It's actually really confusing how anime is coming out these days. It's like you get a lot of those shows where it's like, okay, you watch the, the TV show and then uh, this part of the manga is just a movie only. And then you back to the TV show. It's kind of kind of confusing for me. It, it, it's not too difficult. You just... J- j- just check Wikipedia and you're good, surely. Yeah, well, the thing is, you, to watch these shows these days, you have to like consult the Wikipedia. It doesn't even say one, two, three, four. It's like you know, Golden City of the Scorching Sun, Dawn of Twilight. You don't have any idea what order you're supposed to be watching these in. Usually, if you go on like my anime list or any list or something, there should be someone. Uh, there should be like forums or something. So if if you're not sure. Okay, you so you just have to, check, you have you to check the forum before you watch the show. Got it. Yeah, yeah pretty it, much. It, at least on any list, it tells you what's a prequel and sequel when you pull up uh, an there, entry. There's that, too. Which is uh, handy if uh, like, you're reading Kaiji, and each one is like its own separate series with a different name. Yeah, it just seems to be a trend these days, like uh, games where you have to like read the wiki to even know how to play it. Yeah, that used to be what instruction manuals were for. Yeah, I just should should say on the on the cover of the DVD box, this is a part one of Made in Abyss. Well, um, American comic books have been like that for a hundred freaking years. They, they they've never figured out that if you have a self-contained story, and you you can just start from chapter one, it's by far the best deal. You know, like did, did, they, did they have comic books before they had the funny papers? Do you know? Uh, I think uh, the first comic strip was called The Yellow Kid or something. It appeared in the late 1800s. Do, do the funny papers in, in the newspapers predate comic books as a medium? I believe so, yeah. That's probably why, you know, American comics works like that. It's because, you know, it's, that's the, the foundation. It's just, you know, something that can be read out of order just on the Sunday paper. And you don't really have to, like, be in tune with the whole story. Makes sense. And some anime are like that. Like, you can pick up any issue of Golgo 13 and be entertained, not having to know, like, 50 years of backstory. I think when I was introduced to this format, though, it was through Japanese animation. I was, like, just not familiar with, like, a story that you had to, like, be drilled in from the first episode, you know, watch all the way through to understand until I got into anime. That's yeah. the way all American shows are. It's just, like, uh, what is the Simpsons format? The the problem mostly with American comic is that they're they're running a scam, so they they they're basically <laughs> running the oh rare cover thing. You have to choose between five, and then oh to understand the story, you you have to read this this other on, ongoing thing. You have to read then this other ongoing thing. It, yeah, the, the American scam. comics sometimes like have really kind of like spiderweb type deals going on where you have to like actually read the wiki and read the author's like other works to get clued in right it's it's pretty terrible yeah sometimes on piracy sites though if you look for a specific 
storyline for American comics. It'll just have everything included in order, proper reading order. Oh, so one, one thing oh, I found out, let's just continue shitting on American comic books for a little bit. One thing I've, I've, I've noticed that no one else has talked about before is uh, the artist and the writer don't really work that closely. And you'll have these situations where the artist is, you know, draws like a picture without any consideration for where the bubbles will be. And then the writer has to like kind of cram the text onto the picture. And that's, and I noticed like in, in, in Japanese comics, when, where they call the storyboard or the very first rough that they do, like the bubbles are on there. It's like where the characters standing and where the, the, the words are and the, like uh, how, how the bubbles are going to hit the camera. And that's this very important manga. And it's like there's a disjoint between the artist and the writer in American comics, I see. Yeah, that does happen. I, uh, I keep mentioning Invincible because it's probably the best cape shit ever freaking made. I don't know. It's, it seems interesting, yeah. Seems it seems a bit I don't know a little, little bit too too much uh, uh, gore, uh, gore porn. I, I know we're gonna get into like a, a, tor- a torture <laughs> yeah. porn series today, you but know, you know what we're talking about today. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's uh, I've seen Invincible. It seems like one of those types of gore porn. So they're, they're too strict with the gore timer. Made in Abyss, the gore yeah. timer. It could be like two episodes before you'll see something, or it's you see a lot of stuff in one episode. It's just so unnatural, like saw. Or these like gore porn things. It's like it's like forty five minutes, and you got to see something. That's 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 the problem I have with torture <laughs> porn. It's it's too timery. Yeah, with Made in Abyss, you really don't know what to expect. It could be like uh, just like five episodes of like Kino and heartwarming stuff, and and then we'll get into spoilers later. Yeah. So I was gonna ask you, what was your first anime? It was uh, Macross, Do You Remember Love? And it was the uh, the American release, which I think is Clash of the Bionoids. Yeah, I saw that as a kid. I had it on VHS. Yeah, it was just really obvious to me, just looking at like the animation was like, just off the charts. Like, if I, I was like a kid, right? And I know that I'm, I'm dumb and I can't, I can't evaluate uh, media based upon the story or, you know, the context of, you know, like I know there's been like detective noir and like space opera, but I never seen that shit. But what I did know is that the animation is just crazy in this clash of the Bionoid show. And that's just kind of what got me into anime, I guess. Well, some allegedly American cartoons were animated in Japan, like Thundercats and the animated Hobbit movie. Oh yeah, Ghostbusters, and there's like a big list, like uh, yeah, Inspector Gadget. Ghostbusters was all done by like Toy, I think, Toy Animation. And you could tell, like the 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 intros for like the Ghostbusters and the the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle shows, like uh, they use a lot of these like uh, anime type um expressions uh, especially around like smoke and uh, light and reflection They're like you know how like when the, the ecto one leaves the, the the ghostbusters hq it's like uh the the lights on the headlamps is like uh it's like sparkle out like a like a very anime laser type way uh, so whenever people ask me what my favorite anime is i have to internally remind myself don't say the hobbit don't say the hobbit Oh, uh, what are you talking about? The uh, the one with the the Hobbit that yeah, was actually that, Japanese animated. That that famous one. I thought that was like Banksy or something, or one of those other famous English animation studios. No, there's an animated Hobbit movie from 1977. That's it. That's Japanese. I yeah, mean, the famous one, right? That all artists like. Yeah, all the animation was done in Japan by people. Well, who was later... that like a designer, like an English famous English designer? 
I think are it's uh, like uh, he's a guy the, I should know. Uh, the art style was based on like several European artists, but uh, no, it was animated by people who would later form Studio Ghibli. I see. I see. That makes sense. I mean, that's like really famous, and people like that, so it's probably animated in Japan. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. This one little island country produces by far the best animation. Like, like we'll probably never see anything that looks as good as Akira. I wonder. I wonder how that started out because it was like Astro Boy and stuff it was just based in early Disney, and they just really uh, rolled with it. Yeah, they took big inspiration from Disney cartoons. Yeah, so um, I, don't, like, I don't know what else to say about that. No, it's like uh, Osamu Tezuka's comics were like a more edgy. Like it, uh, edgy is not the right word. More mature. Well, you can kind of see how like stuff. what I'm is like you know how the the head shape and the big eyes like it obviously came from like Disney style like Snow White. As you can see where that kind of started and. But they just rolled with that. They just like, okay, keep making the eyes bigger. Keep, keep making, <laughs> keep making the head more home run plate shaped. Let's go. We, we can still whack off to this. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think it evolved into porn for a while. But yeah, that's it, really weird. I mean, American stuff never evolved into porn except for that that, that famous uh, what is it the 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 lewd one with the cat. That was famous. Oh, in like oh, a, Fritz the cat. Yeah, Fritz the cat type stuff. And what else? There's was, was basically uh, Jessica Rabbit. And that's it. Like, Americans are just too afraid to, I guess, express their sexuality through animation or something. It's like, yeah. uh, it must be, you know, the Abrahamic religion stuff interfering. Well, maybe one of those. Idolatry. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's idolatry, right? I mean, it's straight up <laughs> idolatry. It's like you're whacking off to a, a drawing on the ground. It's like, God, <laughs> you, you must be set to hell for that kind of shit. Maybe one of the perverts animating Warner Brothers stuff was jacking off to Bugs Bunny and drag. I don't know. The guy that was designing uh, Tinkerbell was definitely jacking off to something. <laughs> uh, and there were Tijuana Bibles, which is what they called American porn dochinchi comics. One of those started in like 1920s. What, did they yeah, call there's them just not a lot of that kind of stuff. They, they call them what? Tijuana, yeah, Tijuana Bible. Because erotic comics. Well, because Tijuana's in Mexico and Mexico is saucy. It would take it people would take existing uh cartoon strip characters and just draw porn of them and sell it. Uh, there's also just like a lewd, I know there's like a lewd parody of like Archie comics too. Yeah, and paintings of tentacle shit go back to the 1800s. Yeah, but um, I guess uh, um, American yeah. culture must never be celebrating beautiful things. We, we, we couldn't have anime fundamentally. Well, this. Disney did have beautiful cartoons for decades, just not in the current year. When when did that stop? I guess I guess around the Aladdin. Aladdin. What was the last good Disney movie? I guess it was the last 2D one they made, except uh, for the, no, one with the black chick. It it was um, uh, what was the the space treasure one? What, what was it called? Uh, Titan AE. No, not, not that. Uh, treasure Planet. Y yeah. Uh, 
CG I always get those started, two confused. Right. A CG started right after that, and then they they uh, they did CG and nothing else, and it's terrible. Yeah, it's I just... think the Emperor's new groove used a lot of hand drawn animation, but it did have CG at parts. It's kind of embarrassing because it's like they just don't have the wherewithal; they wouldn't be able to do it. They can't even get force one out as like a tribute or a throwback. It's really the, embarrassing. The... The the problem is, I think, uh, uh, Hollywood executive having. Okay, so on this episode, we're going to talk about you know the the origins of uh, American animation back from Snow White to the you know collapse of Disney, and then get into why it made it a miss is the new Lord of the Rings. <laughs> so, so what the hell was I saying? I, I was complaining about like CG movies. Yeah, American animation uses tons of CG, and don't get me wrong, you you see lots of that in. Japanese animation now too, but uh, no. But I mean, I mean, they're one hundred percent CG, and then nothing else. Oh yeah, I think I was about to say that it's it's basically executive having a stick up their ass, J- just like how and uh, we can't have practical effect anymore. It, it's all fucking CG, even in normal movies. Is isn't Hollywood like just basically a propaganda mill for the CIA? And um, the thing about propaganda is it doesn't really have to be high quality for it to work actually like like irritating wonky shit kind of works better as propaganda well it, it it's kind of weird because cg is not cheap either so what, what the hell is going on um it has to be cheaper than the 2d animation or they don't there's not enough talent in america like no one can draw anymore they that, couldn't that, fill oh, the that. animations to do that that's a thing, but I was mostly talking about. But couldn't like, they just farm uh, it out to Korea, like they do with the Simpsons? It's it's really confusing, yeah. But practical effect, like your small robots and and, and things it, like this for monsters. Maybe because the pipeline but... for the toys is easier if you already have the CG model and you see, you already have the three D model and send that to the uh, the rubber factory and you already got your toys. It's really. Oh, pr- probably, Could but uh, the the Could... thing about not having talent anymore is actually true. It's been a problem with the art school. For decades, because uh, all, all the rich kids goes to art school, and they can't fail them. They they, they cannot fail them. So then the st- the standards go down, 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 down until they they hit the, the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, if yeah. you listen to the previous episode of this podcast, Full Metal here shat on the New Castlevania series for twenty minutes, and it, that. It was probably a lot more fun than actually watching that trash. I'd be, I'd be <laughs> interested in getting the art school talking to here because, like, what what is going on? You think you think Disney'd be able to make like a tribute, like a throwback every ten years, like a, a new classic? I mean, one one Disney classic every ten years that they can't. It's it's physically impossible. It's really kind of it, scary. It, it's actually not my opinion. It's stuff that I've read from uh, old artists that are actually answering that question. Why is um, why why is there nobody worth a shit in animation nowadays? Because nobody goes to art school to actually learn art. That that's about it. Yeah, Disney in the current year is nothing but a vehicle for pushing pause. All right, I'm gonna say something spicy, but it have something to do with like affirmative action and in schools because and when I was in art art class in high school. 
I was kind of like the class clown and, and I was sitting with these two black guys because that was like the table I fit in best to. But these guys just would not draw. It's like the assignment was just draw anything. And they're like, shit, man, I don't know what to do. Fuck. And they, they'd stare at the wall for 45 minutes rather than like touch the paper with a pencil. And I, I like these guys, but they just wouldn't draw. Um, that's, that's pretty, pretty embarrassing. That's not a, that's not a stereotype. This is just my uh, personal uh, account of uh, two friends I had in high school. And and I'm wondering if like affirmative action, you're sending all these BIPOC to art school now, and they're just, they're staring at the wall for four years. Not not just that. It's also mostly rich kids' fault. Yeah, they, they, they need the the rich the rich kids found, but then they can't fail them. So, so none of the rich shit. kids like, like can put a, a pencil to a piece of paper. And, oh, and some and of them, like the, and, some and, of them like can't. Drawing three D stuff is easier, or are they doing the three D stuff? Are they actually doing the three D stuff in country, or does that get farmed? I have no idea. Uh, it could go either way. I have a relative in the art industry, but he's. He doesn't have as much of a bad attitude. Is it embarrassing for Disney? I mean, I think Disney will not farm their stuffing. That'd be kind of embarrassing, right? If Disney put out like a Korean studio farm film, right? That's like a no-no. I think, because I've watched the credits to Disney movies and they seem pretty long. It seems to list every animator's name. And it's a lot of uh, uh, Asian people working in California, I assume, doing 3D art. It depends. Uh, For a while, everyone use the co- co- koreans uh well co- koreans animator i mean even, even disney, if, disney would use sweatshops for their movies uh, i don't know about disney but i know that even stuff like Dexter's no, disney Lab, disney uh tv shows use sweatshops 100 percent like goof troop that was, oh, probably. was sweatshop yeah but for like the disney classics you know they're they're the precious disney classics it would no, be kind that, of like embarrassing if they sweatshop that out right that 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 was like long ago i I think for uh for korean sweatshop yeah i don't know if anything will embarrass disney in the current year they're practically completely failing left and right they they, they keep pushing out things that just fucking suck like as as a corporation they, they they have to know that they have to like have you know like these pipelines of talent coming in from the colleges right or they're fucked they're I already mean, fucked, I think. They, they don't have any ideas anymore, and if like the, the, the whole production just gets farmed out to Korea, it's like, what, what do they have left? Not much, uh, but we've complained about the state of American cartoons on this podcast many times. Yeah. But There's let's talk about- some decent stuff. Some. W- watch Ilda on, uh, on Netflix, I think. Yeah. Hilda's decent. I didn't see any pause in the animations. Okay. All right. But let's Sounds talk good. about let's talk about something cool for a change. Yeah. I brought you here to talk about Maiden in Abyss. So, yeah, I was surprised you, you guys had, hadn't covered it yet. It's like the the show of like uh, the recent age. It's the show of our generation, and it wasn't on your your list yet. Well, I yeah. I have talked about it, but it's in the many, many, many seasonal and, and yearly uh, episodes. Because I literally went through uh, the entire last decade. That was like a big project for a while. Yeah, but it's it's not so bad if you just like binge it right now. We, we, I think you covered it in like three weeks or, or five weeks. 
yeah, 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 it was pretty doable. There, there's not that much material. There's two seasons in the movie. Yeah, they, they love this show so much. They just released the anime as soon as there's enough manga to, to go into production. People love this fucking show. Yeah, and I'm glad quality. And I'm glad there's no filler. Thank God, filler uh, is almost n- not a thing anymore. The uh, the the Chainsoft uh, roguelike game is a filler if you if you want it. It seems to have like a side story of Made in Abyss. I have not played that. They used to put out some a lot of good. They did uh, the Sheeran games and uh, the, all the mystery dungeon games, and it was really. And the the anime got so much money thrown at. I thought, shit, is is Chainsoft going to put out a triple A Made in Abyss roguelike? But it, it didn't seem like it, that much. Effort went into it, sadly to say. An actual roguelike would be cool. Yeah, it was like a... With exploring shit and dying very easily and having to start over. That's what it is, but it's just the the, the production values are really bad. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, anime uh, games nowadays, they're they're, they're too niche for for any budget at all. You gotta watch out the Genshin Impact is like selling... Japan's gonna lose their game industry. Yeah, but 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 that's fucking gacha shit, and uh, I, I'm I'm not playing that shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah gacha is kind of terrible. Uh, if you're playing anything but rhythm game, you're basically playing a, a shitty limited game. Uh, why play Genshin? We can just play Zelda Breath of the Wild. That's about. Because um, if you don't want to buy a, a, you just want to play a game on your your, your telephone. You can emulate it now. <laughs> and Genshin has cute girls and a slot machine. Pe- people are addicted to slot machines, man. Does Does Nintendo Switch uh, have support for SIM cards? That'd be so awesome if you could actually use your Switch as your telephone. The <laughs> autistic would that it, be? It, it's way too big. It's way too big for that. It's what, about what the mean? same same size as the N-Gage was. Yeah, but I mean, that's why I'm saying it'd be like you get, you get aut- autism credit, street uh, spurg credit for like using your Switch as a, as, a, as a phone. Yeah, maybe their next handheld console will have a phone function. Or does it support, it should support this app so you could like chat to people on WhatsApp on your, on your Switch. But you, you need like some sort of, I guess, a pocket Wi-Fi or some deal. It's, it supports Wi-Fi, right? That'd be so awesome if there was like a guy on on the bus talking to his friends on a switch. So Full Metal has joined us. So we're here to talk about Made in Abyss, but it's I don't even know where to begin. Like, did you finish it, Full Metal? <laughs> yeah, I just finished the last episode today, actually, of the nice. second season. Yes. Oh, kick ass! We can go into full spoilers, but. At first, I want to start with just a few minutes of spoiler-free chat, and uh, we can talk about the th- things we we like. I like the mystery. Is it, is it, I'm not sure what to say about that. That's not the. That's not a spoiler. I like that it's not isekai. <laughs> yeah, fantasy series that's not isekai. It's a rarity now. So, would someone like to read the synopsis here? You do it. All right. Got the voice for it. Exactly. 
The abyss is the last unexplored place in the world. Strange and wonderful creatures roam within, and it is full of precious relics that present humans can't recreate. Those that dare to explore the depths are known as cave raiders. An orphan girl named Rico lives on the rim. Her dream is to become a cave raider like her mother and solve the mysteries of the cave system. One day, Rico starts exploring the caves and discovers a robot who resembles a human boy. So th this gives the impression that Rico sounds is like the a main... gotcha game. <laughs> sounds like the explanation of a gotcha game. Yeah, this gives the impression that Rico is the main character, but I think Reg gets more screen time. And plus, you can count the abyss itself. Reg as a follows Rico's orders. I think people really um, praise this series. I, I'm really not into writing technique, but I've seen a lot of people that seem like they know what they're talking about. They're like, oh, finally, a proactive protagonist, uh, Rico. She like uh, does stuff, actually. And apparently that's really rare. It's like uh, most shows these days. It's like the protagonist just kind of gets lit around and, and, oh, the hero's journey's finished. So good job. Yeah, Rico's not a fighter like Reg or some other character. She makes decisions. But... She makes a lot of yeah. decisions. She's the, the captain. Yeah, and it's her curiosity and optimism that makes her the best leader. Like, she's always spurring people to go further into the abyss. She's always like, that wasn't so bad. Uh, lots of things are very, very bad. <laughs> nah, yeah, Rico, I, Rico's just like, ah, I can get worse, I can get worse. It, it gets worse. And it does. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's the amazing thing about this series, right? Just when you think it's about to get better, it in fact gets worse. And it's still good quality writing. We just mean misery for the characters is always increasing. Oh, yeah, no. It's it's really fascinating. It's a really well made anime. It's just not happy. It's 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 a it may it may be a, may a dark fantasy, if you would. Yeah, the, yeah. The, childlike art style threw a lot of people off including me but i like i like to call it a, a jrpg super nintendo jrpg art style yeah it does feel like robo trek or something of the sort you know how the characters i mean like the, the, even in final fantasy 6 those are like a uh, 30 year old adults but their their head was as big as their body it was like a, just a two head proportions yeah yeah, yeah the, the main character chibi like style exactly that's what i was about to say and that's why it makes it feel like uh, you're you're kind of playing an old school JRPG when you're watching the show. I really like that part of it. It's the same like Secret of Mana too. You got the boy, you got the girl, and you got like the critter. It's like the three party uh, Secret the of Mana spray. thing. Yeah, it, it does feel like a JRPG at times, but a, a much more serious, more dangerous one. Like there are no. It's, like, it's like Saw mixed with a. <laughs> and what, what is it? What's it? It's like a survival porn. Like a, what do you call that? One hundred twenty-eight days later, where the guy has to saw his own hand off to get out of the rock, and it gets in a lot of like that kind of like uh like a, oh we're gonna have to drink our own piss now type like uh, uh it's man versus nature type darkness I'd say. Oh. Yeah, the, the movie was 127 hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we watched that on Shit Poster a few years ago. It was about the real-life incident of a, uh, a guy exploring in the mountains. He fell down into a pit and had one of his arms trapped under a rock. And he spent three days trapped in there before realizing he needed to chop his own arm off. Frightening. Yeah. That kind of like a man-versus-nature horror, I guess. Yeah. Kind of, you see a lot of that made in Abyss, which is nice.
and, and without zombies. They've, they've finally figured out how to do man versus nature without zombies. <laughs> well, zombies have never been this that big an anime c- compared to uh, to here, where where we, where we've got a lot of zombie movies, zombie game, and they just won't stop coming. Yeah, yeah they're more of a novelty the... out east. Yeah, when did World War Z, the book, come out? That, I think that's what started the zombie craze. That was two thousand six. It just it just seems like when I was when I was in you know high school, it's like man versus nature. That's to build a fire, and now it's like a man versus nature. It's like oh, you have to have a zombie attack, and that's that's yeah, that's but, the fight for survival. There's zombies outside the barricade, but zombies aren't natural. But like, that's the survival stories. I mean, that's. They, yeah. they, 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 I guess they, the heart of man versus nature is either you want to explore the unknown or and or survive against. Like, they're basically diff- bipeds that act like hungry wolves. So I'd consider that man versus nature. They're a stand in for like a, 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 a ants, Linnigan and the ants, and Linnigan and the zombies. They'd make notice. Yeah, but the creatures you find in Made in Abyss are much more imaginative. It's closer to Berserk and with all the crazy shit going on. They, they I'm glad he managed to stay away from Berserk, actually, because he definitely knows about Berserk, and he's definitely played, like, Demon Souls, Dark Souls, and he really managed to, like, kind of not make the Dark Souls of anime. Which I'm proud of uh, Sakushi for, Sakushi sensei for doing that. Yeah, I think he said the first Xenoblade Chronicles game was an inspiration. Base? The, the Xenoblade games are legitimately amazing, so... I still need to play them. You have to. That's another thing that's good about. It. I mean, I talked about JRPGs before, but I mean, this guy that made the show, it's it's obvious he doesn't even have a lot of experience like reading or like watching, you know, uh, Avengers or those types of shows. And he's literally spent probably most of his life just you know playing video, and you get that kind of like worldview of just like I'm a, I'm a human mind that has solely been sculpted by video games. Well, I mean. You, you can see this and the mountains of, of fucking isekai, but he, he managed to make it not. Yeah, that's why isekai. I said right off the bat, I'm just glad this wasn't an isekai show because it's like we probably didn't dodge the bullet right there. It's probably so close. In every other alternate universe, this is an isekai show, oh, but it's I'm not in our, in our timeline. Imagine someone using their overpowered RPG skills to easily trek their way through the abyss. It would just remove all of the tension. Finally, one of these guys that was raised on video games managed to make a story that isn't an isekai. So, so spoilers or not yet? I don't know. I guess we could get you talking about the show. So it's like, uh, it's a roguelike. It's a roguelike anime. They, they, they can only go down in the dungeon. They can't go up. It's like a, and... or else they get, they get torn to shreds in various, various degrees. And yeah, people die a lot, and there are a lot of secrets that are either explained slowly or just never explained at all. And that's one of the appeals of this, the, the mystery of it all. Right. So it's like a dark fantasy torture porn type show, <laughs> if you're into that kind of thing. <laughs> I guess we're getting the spoilers. Yeah. Well, what really adds to the tension in the show, I feel, is that um, you know there's probably not going to be any light at the end of this tunnel. I don't think so. so I, think Rico's, I think Rico's optimism the, is going to, the to pay bottom. off. 
I think uh, the end of the I, show is obviously Rico's going to be so. walking out of the abyss and it's just going to be exploding in slow motion. She's going to be putting on her sunglasses. <laughs> it, it could be. I after, hope so. After all this I doubt it. suffering and hardship. This is giant diehard ball of fire coming out of the, the abyss as Rico's walking out of it with her sunglasses on. I think that's what the ending is going to be. I hope yeah, every, so. Every, every victory feels kind of bittersweet in this show. I'm sure it'll be a bittersweet giant ball of fire destroying the abyss once and for all, but Rico will still be strutting out of that fucker with their sunglasses on. Yeah, even like even characters within the story might wonder where the abyss came from and uh, why it's so freaking strange. Uh, what What is ca- causing the creation of these characters and uh, these creatures that appear within it and these seemingly magical artifacts that are, were probably left by an ancient civilization. Nobody the, the, knows. They're supposed to be on like the, the final layer in the comic, but they, they hardly have explained anything yet. What I think is going to happen, they're going to get to that, you know, this is the gate to the final layer. It's going to be like uh, the Castlevania. Oh no, there's a whole upside down abyss you have to go through. <laughs> <laughs> Because, like, nothing's been explained yet, hardly. And he's going to have, like, a big finale that just ties it all together. Or there's a lot more to go. And it seems like he's going to want to stretch it because he's making so much money. It's, like, it's really blown up. So he's probably going to be like, let's add an upside-down castle to this abyss. Yeah, there are various fan theories about what might have created the abyss. Some of them, I think, are cool, but... I hope it's not a comet. I hope it's not a comet. No, the... The abyss seems more like a living thing. It's like the, the Sarlacc, Sarlacc, bit, Sarlacc yeah. from Star Wars. Uh, one one cool fan theory is that every two thousand years, uh, the the abyss takes everything that's on the surface above it and turns it into a new layer. Uh, so the whole town's at jeopardy. Rico, can you save the town? Yeah, it's been nineteen hundred years since the current batch of people discovered the abyss. So something like that might happen or might not. And, and no, no one's gone beyond the seventh layer. Who knows what's beneath there, if there is a bottom or not. But The way could, that town's designed, it looked like heavy rain could just erode it into being the next first layer of the abyss. Yeah, I wonder if it's all desert above there. Uh, we do find a little bit about other countries, like uh, Nanashi is from a, a different country, not the ones surrounding not the town surrounding the abyss but from some other place but that's not as important as the abyss itself right town is like the trading hub where you go to sell the relics yeah like the place in an rpg where you identify and sell the items you collected in the dungeon except you can't go back out the dungeon (laughs) it depends on the layer they, they even let kids into the first layer. It's fun. Sometimes you get you get out of depth a monster too, just like in uh, in, in that heck. Yeah, d- doesn't the the series start with that big furry slug monster? Yeah, about... it was an, an out of depth like uh, creature. Uh, ran a very very low low chance for it to spawn out of depth. It belongs three levels down. It's a very roguelike thing. Yeah, crimson split jaw. It's called. It's, uh, for for the kids today, you call that the the red eyed knight in the dark, dark demon souls, like the, the the really tough enemy they put right outside the entrance. <laughs> All right, anything else to say before we go into spoiler chat? No, I'm good. Everybody oh. sh- should have been seen. You should have seen this show already. I mean, what are you doing, man? 
Yeah. Full metal. You have anything? Uh, yeah, I just wanted to add. Um, I, you know how there's always jokes about shows like Pokemon or whatever, and people are like, oh, who would let their children do all this dangerous shit? Well, I like how Made in Abyss, they show you exactly how little value children have in this society. <laughs> you know exactly why they go into the Abyss. Yep. There's not much else. They have a lot of orphans. So might as well do something useful with them. Be- yeah. Before going into spoilers, I- I'll say that if you haven't seen it yet, stop. Because the chat have- has rated this. Season one, we rated this five out of five. The movie five out of five. Season two, five out of five. Go, go watch it already. Yes, this is some top tier anime. And I was, I was surprised you, you guys never had a show about it. So it's like, yeah, that's what we have to talk about if you're going to be talking about anime these days. We've talked about it once in a while, and I had read some of the manga. This is the first time all of us have watched all of it and been caught up. I think. Yeah, and uh, we, we rarely do uh, one episode on one subject because we're bad at that. Usually, <laughs> uh, the Steinsgate episode was fun. We need to do more stuff like that. All right, spoiler chat. This is the cutoff point. Wow! Holy fuck! What a weird ass series. So wh- I feel like I should be on a watch list for watching the show. Yeah. Yeah, are, are you the guest that we're gonna have that talks about how problematic it is, or did we not get that guy? <laughs> <laughs> so, what, what what was the first uh, big uh, rug pull? The 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 arm thing. It was episode yeah. seven or something. Uh, episode ten of the first season. Yeah, it was, it goes on for a while. Gets poisoned. Uh, or maybe one Ozen beats the living shit out of Reg. Did teach him like, he needs to toughen up for the lower levels of the abyss or he will be killed that, i wonder that... how many how many kids he got to watch that because i, I don't know you, you talk about warnings on shows but you know it looks like this it's been going on nothing's really been happening for like uh 10 episodes I'll let the kids watch this it's like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, God, we yeah. got to do a field amputation now <laughs> you you say that but i believe that anime news network act it might be anime news network i or something else, they actually put an article of why you should watch Made in Abyss with your kid. And, I, and I, you can say that. You, you, could, you could say that. I mean, I, I don't know. They get into, they get into it actual wasn't like, finished rape yet. stuff in, in season two. They get to actual, okay, there's a, there's a fat trafficker on, pinning a girl down in the first shot of season two. <laughs> but uh, I yeah. thought... Yeah. Aside from that, it is kind of kid friendly because, you know, when you're in middle school, you do read like uh, To Build a Fire and like these types of survival stories. So like uh, it's kind of okay, poisoned water, field amputations, you get poison from a snake. It's kind of, yeah, you could say that's uh, Shonen, Hardy Boys type stuff. So the site was anime now and there were only six episodes out and they had obviously not read the manga. (laughs) The manga, I guess, I, I actually only have seen the shows. I, get, I heard the manga has a, a few scenes that actually does get cut. Uh, yeah, I like them both. It seemed pretty faithful to me from what I did read. I, I, was, I flipped through the manga, and it seems like a lot of the, the scenes were in there. Like, the, 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 the elevator stuff is, like, shot for shot. I read that in the manga, and I'm like, okay, that's, that's pretty shot for shot, I see. And, and, and they really, um, and, and like, uh, remember when Rig goes berserker? 
they really handled that well because it's like uh, how he does that in the manga. It's like Reg is drawn with a completely different like uh, art style. And when you see it in the anime, it's like, okay, they kind of like have this like sketchy art style for Reg. And I really liked that they were able to do that. That seems like something that's a bit like hard to get tonally right when you have like a, a character that's made out of like a rough sketches, like a fighting, a more um, put together, just like traditional animation character. So they really, um, I think they they kind of been over backwards to try and like uh, get get the manga as, as good as possible into the anime. Yeah, they did a good job with it. There's just one thing that's missing is that at the, at the end of most chapters, there's uh, sketches. Of, oh, um, well, why would they put in like bonus sketches? I mean, this that's obviously like Omaki uh, type stuff. Let me let me finish. Uh, they they had not just that, but uh, info on the creatures, the artifacts, uh, the ecology the geography of each layer there is a yeah. lot of ex extra info in the manga if you, you want to know more about uh the series lore oh that's usually the way it is i guess yeah read the book if you want to drill down into it that's I, something I that that'd be best uh, kept for like small special if any i don't think any exists for this but as far as yeah, like I, the the, the spicy stuff i thought most of it was in there like uh, the lewd and the gore stuff was most of it in in the in the in the show. Uh, you what what do you say, Full Metal? I don't really want uh, the exposition. Like the mystery is half the fun of the show. Characters in Made Abyss don't exposit; they buy time. <laughs> well, it's happened like three times now. It's like, oh, he was just buying time when he was giving this monologue. <laughs> well, when I say explanation, I mean it's what the characters in this story know. Uh, about the, the the creatures and the layout of the land. Uh, sometimes they'll explicitly say, we don't know much about this. Here's a little bit we know. Here's the stuff that will kill you. Which is most of it. Yes. L literally it, all it, of the abyss will kill you. Yeah, the abyss is such a nightmarish hellhole that, man, I wouldn't go in. I'd rather be a peasant on the surface. I'll I'll work in the fields 12 hours a day. Fuck it. I don't know. Rico seems to like the place. Well, she likes studying, exploring new stuff. Like, she has an almost encyclopedic knowledge of, uh, of monsters, plant life, uh, the effects of each layer, and uh, all the major well-known relics. Rico is um, what, what the kids these days, I think, call a menace type character. She uh, makes a lot of decisions and like uh, likes to press a lot of buttons without thinking about the consequences. And uh, every every place uh, she goes ends up uh, blowing up from what we've seen in, in the show. <laughs> Everybody she interacts with dies. Every every place she goes to ends up burning down. Yeah, the, the end of uh, season two was uh, quite something. Uh, and I love how it asks, as like, can we just talk about full spoilers? I guess now. So yeah, like yeah, this yeah, whole yeah. this whole village, this whole Fraggle Rock village, it's like it's like exploding and like the barriers down and everybody's dying and Fapta's in and and the genocide has started and and Rico's just like smiling. It's like, oh man, I love you guys. This is such a great experience. I'll never forget you. Like literally everyone though. All of the, the whole fucking town yeah. collapses. And Rico's just like Jesus smiling. Christ. It's like, oh, that was fun. At least Iru Miyui was able to rest. Because her body made up the village, if you recall. Yeah. I guess 
let's try and drill down from this in chronological order. So uh, let's let's start with Bone Dude. Okay, so and have any be all right? So it's like uh, we got Rico the Menace. She's like makes decisions and she she does things without thinking about the consequences, and that's how the conflict is created. Rico uh, basically presses buttons without looking at the instruction manual, and then conflict starts. Yeah, and that's Reg what a Menace is, character is. Reg is, Reg is the muscle. He's physically strong, but lacking in confidence and direction. So he's, he's an great... amnesia character. So he's he's going to be like her dad's soul transplanted into a robot. What do you think is going on there? He has amnesia. Yeah, could Ray, be. Reg is like us, right? Reg is like the 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 the, the I guess the boy that's actually the, the main audience Audi- audience reading surrogate. This, the show. Yeah. And the, he has amnesia, so he, he has to ask all the questions and find out about the world as, as we do. Yeah, he did know Faputa in the past, but like she's Nanachi not... Nanachi is like a, a Boba Fett type character. She's like, always shows up and, and saves a day. That seems to be what she does. And she's like designed... She obviously is probably going to die in the final conflict because like everything is like set up to make us love her. And like, oh man, it's really going to suck if Nanachi has to save herself to... To, to beat the big bad in the final layer. Yeah, Nanachi is everyone's favorite character, I think. She's great. Yeah, she's obviously like designed, like the, she shows up to like save the day when you think the protagonist is going to die. That's like she, a... she literally got an upgraded um, armor and uh, the end of season two. Yeah, what was that? She had like a helmet that was really cool looking. Do you know what the story is with that? No, actually, it it uh, in the anime she was given that, and then that that's about it. There, there, there wasn't uh, much more to it. Mm. I guess we should go through season one though. It's like okay, so they're getting into this abyss, and then you have Ozen the black pill, which is like you're not gonna make it, and then you find out um, she was stillbirthed in the abyss, and they put her into this relic that yeah, resurrects cool. people. And then gives them a curse that they want to go to the bottom of the abyss. And then they meet Bone Dude, which, uh, so the abyss, it's like, uh, if you go up, you, you turn into this Cronenberg monstrosity at the lower levels. So Bone Dude, for him to, to go up, he's like developed these, these child capsules and he puts them on like a, he wears it like a Bane mask, like a Bane gas. <laughs> And he has like these kid capsules on his on his back, and and so when he goes up, he doesn't get Cronenberg, but like uh, these 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 kids that have been shoved in the capsules get Cronenberg, and and everybody hates him because that's not a thing to be doing to little kids. Yeah, Bondrude is a he's a fascinating villain because he's a very uh, Desti Nova from Battle Angel Elite Gun Gunmo, which you've, we haven't seen an anime of, so I'll, I'll definitely allow that if you want to put a Desti Nova. That's a great villain. And we haven't seen an anime with a Desti Nova. Um, yeah, he was not in the OVA from the early 90s. So. He's, he's free game, free game. Put your Desti Nova into your anime. Yeah, they're both mad scientists who will do anything to advance the cause of science, even harming their loved ones, harming themselves. They, they don't care. And both of them are body surfers. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they, they both um, seem to have a thing with uh, seeing what's the minimum amount of organs that you can pair a person down to and have it still like be sustaining life functions. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It came up like, uh, I think, uh, a lot. That comes up a lot in Battle Angel or Gunham. 
it's like he does that a lot. He puts people in. I think he actually put a person in a suitcase before. It's like, uh, well, when you first meet Dusty Nova, uh, he he keeps a backup of himself and nano machines in a cloud nearby. So even if you kill his body, he'll revive himself. I think at one point he had like a he had a head sewn onto his stomach, and like he got his head kicked off. It's like I got another one on my stomach. Yeah, fun stuff. I, I keep trying to get my co-host to read the Alita manga, but... That's another good dark sci-fi show. Yeah, I love that shit. I'm surprised. I, it's, it's been going on for a long time now. I have too much uh, seasonal to watch to read manga. <laughs> Let's just make this into a freaking anime. Hurry up, guys. Uh, the live-action movie was okay. But anyway, Bond Rude. I, he, I don't he, like him. He's, he's kind of um, it's kind of like one note. It's just uh, it's cheap heat. He does a lot of cheap heat stuff to like be a villain in wrestling terms. He's like, okay, oh damn, you're putting a kid in a in a in a suitcase in a capsule. That's not something to be doing. And especially compared to the season two villain, I I think uh the season two villain was just great. His big heel turn when he gets the evil grin on his face. He's saving a child from suicide, but that's the worst thing that you could do in the abyss. And that's his heel turn. I thought that was brilliant. And he, you, with Wazakon, he's like, uh, did he do anything wrong? You, you really have to think about it. Yeah. I mean, obviously, <laughs> like, uh, um, the Bondru, he freaking lies to people. He says, oh, I'm going to take care of Reg. And he's like, uh, he's collecting his piss and cutting his arms off. Yeah. It's like, that, uh, that that's obviously, you should, have asked, you should have asked for permission before you did that to Reg. Okay. You're not a gentleman, Bondru, no matter how, how, how eloquently you talk. You're obviously a shit heel. But he, he he wants to conquer the abyss, and he doesn't care if anyone suffers or dies. In the he process. doesn't ever admit he wants to conquer. He's just trying to find stuff out. He says, and he says he's doing it all with a reason. But it, it obviously, he he's a yeah, liar. He, yeah, he's, he's a, kind of a, he's kind of a meanie. Yeah, he, after what he did to uh, Nanachi and Mitty, he's a vile son of a bitch. But. He tries to pretend he's like the ambiguous villain, but we know he's not ambiguous. Oh, yeah, he's not he, more he, ambiguous at all. He deserves to fucking die, but uh, I'd say I, I understand him. And it's, okay. and it's likely at some point the abyss drove him insane. Ozen did give a warning. Alright, and uh, one thing while we're talking about uh, Mitty and Nanachi, one thing I want to get into is the, the elevator. The Cronenberg Elevator. This is why I like the show so much, because as compared to like uh, Hostel or Saw or other kinds of, you know, torture porn, or even if, if you're going to be like man versus nature type stuff, it's like you could, it just if it's going to be like cutting your hand off type stuff, it's not that inventive. But a Cronenberg Cronenberging Elevator, you've never seen anything like that anywhere. I, I, I'll bet you. I mean, where, where have you seen anything like two girls? They're going to be put into this creepy elevator. They go down and it's like a bunch of like uh, eldritch monsters start slapping on the glass. And then bam, <laughs> they, get, they get pulled up like uh, the Tower of Terror at Disneyland. And then one of them starts getting Cronenberg in front of the other one. And it's like, kill me. Where have you seen anything like that before? You haven't. Oh, and, and it's fucked up that it was a d deliberate experiment by Bond Rude to see... Uh, if he could mitigate the effects of uh, the forced transformation, 
but I'm I'm getting beyond, like in, on a meta level, just this part of like uh, as something that's like trying to evoke like horrific feelings in the viewer. It's like uh, okay, so Saw will have her head ripped in half by a, a bear trap or whatever, or maybe like uh, someone will get buried by by ants and eaten alive. It's like stuff you could think of, like stuff that's actually happened. It's just so creative. It's like pure fantasy. It's like you've 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 not had that emotion before seeing something else it's like what do you even like you can't relate it to anything in the real experience or like something that you would see on the news or 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 some kind of story about human war it's just like completely out there it's complete escapism uh yeah there's a lot of body horror in this series like people being forced to transform into these nightmarish shapes like nanachi got off easy but yeah poor mitty but even body horror, I've seen that with Cronenberg. You can kind of like relate that to Cronenberg, but I've just never yeah, like, seen it like a related to like decompression. Like he's mixing like two different fears. Like uh, you know how you can have decompression sickness if you're diving. It's like, well, what if that just completely Cronenberg you beyond beyond all repair? And it's like it's just ex expert expert fantasy right there. You just it's it's pioneering. You've never seen anything like it. And that's why I, I say this is like Lord of the Rings. When I when I watch this, it's like I felt like I was playing a JRPG on Christmas morning. I felt like I was like, you know, on, on Christmas morning playing Chrono Trigger for the first time ever. It's like uh, it's been so long since I've seen something new like this, really. And that's just why I want to give it props as being, you know, the next Lord of the Rings, basically, in the fantasy genre. It's that important. Yeah, I'd compare it to genre Lord, right now. I'd compare it to Lord of the Rings in terms of uh, really in-depth world building. And it's new. You have, you've, it's, 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 it's original. You haven't seen anything like this before this. Yeah. Uh, I think in 2008, the author did a one, one or two chapter manga uh, with some similar themes, but that, that's clearly just a prototype. Yeah. But it's the same author, too. So Yeah. It was called Gears Maiden. But I mean, just everything these days is so derivative, and it's just this is such a breath breath of fresh air. I just I was I was so ecstatic to be able to see something like this. Yeah, it's definitely very creative. Like e even people who can't stand to watch ch cartoon children being tortured will admit that filtered. They got they got gate kept. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't blame them. This is some gruesome shit. Like I've read all of Berserk multiple times, and it does not compare. And just outright i think horror. what's doing that is the creativeness because you just you don't know how to prepare yourself for like seeing a child get cronenberg by being forced up an elevator it's like what yeah even in universe they know almost nothing about the abyss after 1900 years of exploring it it's just too damn dangerous too damn weird even if there is occasionally some fat loot yeah so anyway, um, a child gets a Cronenberg in an elevator, and then you get to like, uh, okay, get Mitty now, and, and she gets turned into like this uh, in, invulnerable little Cronenberg critter, and it's yeah, like it's so a pile so, of slime and hair that just cannot die. And uh, it, you know how those kitten crush videos were like a meme, like back in, in I think Trump talked about it. He's like, I will put a stop to these so-called crush videos. And you have a reference to that in this show. It's like Mitty's like in a crusher. And uh, <laughs> I think a lot of the stuff he's like trying to like, uh, some, of, some of it is like not original. I think the elevator is just completely original, but for a lot of the torture porn, 
I think, uh, like you said, the arm getting cut off is probably he's seen that the, the Rock movie, 127 hours, and uh, for Midian the Crusher, I think that was that was based on you know the Kitten Crush videos that were memeing on 4chan a while back. I fortunately never seen those. I don't know if they're real or not. You know, Trump talked about it. I was really surprised. Like, oh god, Trump is talking about the Kitten Crush videos. It was Trump, like a, Trump has never gotten anything wrong before. I will put a stop to these so-called crush videos. That's what he said. I was like, holy yeah. shit. <laughs> the story of Mitty and Nanachi is so damn tragic. It makes you want to see Bone Drood fucking get get his the, shit wrecked. And he, so he does, Kino. but he, yeah, he's yeah. still alive. Yeah, he's uh, he's un no redemption, no no punishment. No one gets punished in the abyss. The the evildoers well, will always well, go. They probably could have killed him, or at least destroyed one more of his bodies. But uh, the machine uh, what was it called the Zoaholic machine? Yeah, and plus, uh, Pushka as a whistle uh, asked Rico not to kill him because she still loved her dad, even after all the horrible shit he's done. She she's a Christop. It's not the answer. Revenge is not the answer, guys. Well, sometimes it is. That's what Rico, I mean, uh, Reg always said. He said it's irredeemable. He says, that, but Perushka thinks he may be redeemable. Um, the whole movie with Bondrude as the villain. just. I loved it when he started <laughs> calling out his special attacks. It's like, oh, at least Bondrude like, uh, knows how to do his shonen fights. <laughs> yeah, he had, a, he had a bunch of relics saved up that he was using properly, for big properly battles. Properly calls them out before he uses them. Uh, yeah, that movie was freaking great, and the I, animation I'm, I'm, was just great. I, it was good, good animation there. It's like that fight scene was just cracked. Yeah, I'm glad they didn't try to cram that into the end of a 13 episode season. It would not have yeah. fit very well. It, Supposedly, they were supposed to adapt it much more quickly, but it's it, it's way better that that they did the season one slowly like they did because it it's really a success. Now, let's talk about season two. Oh man, this is—it gets better. Things get better and worse. I think just season two. I mean, the, it fixed all the things. I didn't even notice that these were problems with season one. Like, oh, Bondrude is kind of a cliched villain. And it's like, okay, you got a really, really good villain now with this Wazukian. He's like a—he's like this dude who's kind of out of it. And he's like—he's uh, like uh, munching on cocoa leaves and uh, eating. Uh, and eating like cockroaches. He reminds me of like what's what's his the horror the horror Francis Ford Coppola. What's the character's name? The snail crawling on a razor guy goes to Vietnam and he goes nuts. What's, what's uh, his Apocalypse name? Now. Yeah. What's the villain's name? Uh, Kurtz. Colonel Curse. Curse. Yeah. He reminds me of like a Kurtz type character almost because he's like uh, he's this uh, conquistador. He has the conquistador hat and he's like uh, going into the jungle and he's like going nuts in, in the abyss. Yeah, he already seemed like he might have kind of like had a few screws loose on the way because like when you introduce, he's like eating bugs and rats. Yeah, and you later see him eat even more interesting things. What, yeah. what do um, what do the characters say about him that uh, that uh, he's seeing the divine or something like that? He's, he he can see into the future. Apparently, he he can see he has some sort of uh, um, foresight ability. So probably, when, when, probably when makes he him saved, even crazier. So when when he saved and he had the evil face when he saved the girl from uh, what was the Vueco, Vueco, yeah, that was her name. When he saved a uh, Vueco from uh, suicide, 
the reason he had the evil voice is because he know he'd be chaining her up inside the the brown girl that you do boo to keep her alive to keep keep this uh, city uh going so that's why he had the evil face because he knew what was going to happen after this waco couldn't even get a peaceful death she got cronenberg too well not really she kind of like got this cool like uh uh gothic sophomore cronenberg where she's like in a dark room covered by dark chains forced to live forever inside this the this nervous system of this meat town i guess it was <laughs> yeah uh, I, I mean later when she eventually escapes and has her death scene i love how the the town in the anime the, the color it was like uh the color of like uh the, the, the insulation inside the school bus seats is like this disgusting pink and green, like a mishmash color. Yeah, it was, <laughs> the, the village was brightly colored, but not pleasant. Yeah, yeah. It's like, and it's like you have these cute question mark critters. It's like a lot of them are kind of gross looking. It's like uh, the main one is like uh, has his ass out at all times. Yeah, retard Chen. <laughs> she is best girl. Yeah. Ma. Oh, Ma man. Chen I or something. Loved Magica. The freaking IF, INFP King Magica. It's like, oh, I want to go here, but I also want to go here. What should I do? Yeah. There's no normal people in the abyss, especially once you get down well, into... Magikaja like, was just such a good character. I loved him so much. I yeah, loved how they're always like riding around on him. He's like, get in, guys. Yeah, I will a hurry. taxi. <laughs> Hurry up, Magikaja! I will hurry. He's like Eeyore. He's kind of like an Eeyore type character. I just loved him so much. And yeah, at least someone in this series gets to have a noble death. Oh God, yeah, he deserved it too. Yeah, he earned it. So you you described Wazukian as a villain, but yeah, he's the antagonist. <laughs> I know. I mean, yeah, he was obvious. He had the dark circles under his eyes, and he had the he had a, he had a heel turn. He had an evil grin. Yeah, but he did whatever was necessary to keep his people alive, even if it meant eating babies. Well, I, that's yeah. One thing I want to get onto is the, the themes of the second season. It was really, it felt like I was like reading, like a a Cormac McCarthy novel or something. It's like, what am I even supposed to think about the situation? It's like, what are the moral implications of what's going on? It's like I still can't get a hand, my head around it. It's really well yeah. written. It's like on one hand, you can respect someone who wants to stay alive at all costs, but then you look at some of the costs and you think, hmm, death is looking pretty good right now. Yeah, so you're getting like the fundamental like to be or not to be type questions. It's like really philosophical, I guess. There's those types of themes too, because there's obviously like some kind of like uh, the conquest of South America type thing going on with the, 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 the visual theming. I thought it was interesting. He's wearing the Kikistador helm, though, like trying to find the golden golden city, right? Oh, yeah, I know. Like, they're there. outcasts. What, like, uh, like people that watch Made in Abyss are sickos, right? And this is our golden city. Is that what they're trying to get at? It's like the, <laughs> the these group was like a group of sickos cast out from their hometown, and they got to find uh, the golden city at the bottom of the abyss. It's so, about other coup. <laughs> But I think it was like getting it like that kind of stuff too, about like uh, the need to like have this kind of like a uh, kind of like sick out there type of uh, fantasy. Because there's, there's, I mean, there's like, where's the, what's what's the meme? The cartoons for perverts. <laughs> <laughs> 
Wazukan is gonna gonna find the new world and make proper cartoons for perverts. I think it was the the, the meta <laughs> theming of the, the second season. Oh, poor Vueco. Yeah, she, she she had a rough life. Yeah, everyone has to suffer in indescribable torments and don't One even get um, peace and death. The first shot of the first second season was of Vueco actually getting legit. Yeah. Getting raped uh, sexually by a fat, raped. ugly bastard. So what? My but they just showed that for once. Is that a hint? Are we are we going to see adult dark fantasy? Is there going to be more type sexual theming type stuff? Is what I wonder. Like that was Berserk's thing. I mean, it was um, Berserk also hinted at it too much. Have you seen the um, the four C adaptation of the Golden Age of Berserk? Uh, you mean the I movies did. from like twenty uh, twelve and thirteen? Yeah, the three movies. Yeah, I saw all those. That was really, really well done. I think um, because they they really made it a rug pull, like the sexuality. If you if you'd never read Berserk, and didn't like, I like how it just starts out, and it's like you're not sure like what the tone of the series is going to be, and it's like okay, there's like a a sex scene when Griffith is getting with the princess, and it's like uh, that's the first time the sexuality comes into play. And I wonder if uh, they're going to be doing something. Is, is that's going to be a rug pull in uh, Maiden Abyss? Is going to be more type of like actual real not not unnecessary sexuality but like uh sexuality as as a point i really plot. don't i really don't want to see the author explore his fetishes anymore <laughs> <laughs> i'd rather but i'm wondering if that's like a hint because like that's that that is it's there's a little bit of it in season two where waco was like uh trafficked and there's a rapist that was she was well it's not know, just that it's also being the constant kidnapped by or whatever and then Rico's like uh, constantly pissing the rapist, herself. like uh when the town festing people's inner thoughts like uh that the he comes out as like you know as one of the guardians of the town but that's definitely like in the plot necessary sexuality type stuff so we might be seeing more of that some of it yes but <laughs> we just do don't not need wanna, to see please no please no we, we do not need to see rico taking a shit and graphic detail but there's just been but it seems like it'd be hard to do because there's been no like actual romantic relationships even kind of developed so uh, we, uh, well, most we, of the characters are like 10 so yeah they're, they're we, 12, we, learn, isn't it? we learn way too much about how rex's penis works like do we need the scene where he's rubbing nanachi and gets a boner that was in the movie no, it is. It was uh, at the end of season one. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of gross, unnecessary sexuality in this series, and I know you could argue that it's useful for gatekeeping, keeping the normal fags out. But some of it is just really fucking gross. I don't know. What, yeah. what are you talking about? The, the string up stuff. How the the the, <laughs> the school likes to string up the. That's Shibari. It's 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 explaining the Japanese culture. <laughs> explaining one pervert's culture. Not that I'm one to talk. I'm a filthy coomer. Yeah, but do you really need a, a scene where there's a toilet uh, licking Rico's butthole? Like, yeah, she's in a different eh. like. You, you know how um toilets? There's a JoJo reference. They had the pig toilet in JoJo. This is a JoJo reference. Remember when when poor Narf is in in like uh, Istanbul or something? They have the the pig toilet that licks your ass. Yeah, I remember that scene. 
It's a JoJo reference. It's it's clean. That's just uh, that's setting up that Rico's in a different culture. She's like in a in a different world now, and uh, yeah, the toilets in, are different. She's in weird toilets. Yeah. Yeah, I do think some of the gross sexuality holds it back, but I I can't deny how compelling the abyss itself is and uh, the suffering the characters go through just to learn a little bit more is always captivating to me. The author truly managed to to make a really alien world with like, Especially season two, because um, yeah, it's, they're like it's full of Muppets that don't even like speak uh, whatever like human language. So you, you get into like fantasy Lord of the Rings type elf language type stuff, and, and especially season two, it just really feels like you're in an alien world. Yeah, and there's really nothing else like this, and it's top tier quality on top of that. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, the critters. Just like don't a, don't let kids watch it. I I think it's safe for like uh, I don't know junior high school boys or something. Man, I'm almost forty, and watching this fucks me up. <laughs> I, I I went into this and I knew nothing about that. S -s 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 same thing for Formatica. I ju just picked it up, and then like th that episode came. It's like oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, there were a few moments where I had to just pause it and walk away for a second. Like, why? Why would you do this? <laughs> like, which ones? Oh, uh, you know, you like, know the ones. Yeah. <laughs> like the whole series. <laughs> yeah, the constant child of beating, raping, molesting. It's only uh, one frame of child rape. Okay, at the very beginning of season two. That was the fucking opening, dude, and I'm like, really? We're just it's not animated. It's not even animated. I would hope not. Just a warning to anyone still listening: Full Metal is exaggerating a bit. It's not actually showing you some of these things, but it's strongly implied to be happening. Oh yeah, and she Rico did almost get like gang raped in the Fraggle Alley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she got molested by like thirty niggas. <laughs> what do you mean? That's that's also something that happens if you're you know in in, in it overseas and yeah, girls shouldn't walk off alone in, in the third world country. And you know the thing was about that. Um, you know what those niggas knew is that she was going to enjoy it, so there's going to be no balancing going on. <laughs> that's why they were like to do it. <laughs> That's why they were like, shit, she, she didn't enjoy it, man. There ain't gonna be no balancing. Fuck. <laughs> there was That's why they were willing though. to do it. Because like, the balancing exists. Aren't they going to get torn to shreds? And they, they were clever enough to know that like uh, this this travel bitch, she, that's what she's traveling for. She's here for the full experience. <laughs> they but, knew it was But up. there was balancing. It's just that you you didn't see it after because she got pulled away, and that's when she got uh, the bad feelings. She's like, "What? No!" <laughs> that's why the balancing started. Notice the balancing wasn't starting when they were molesting her. It's only when she got removed from the situation. It's because she's too kind to hate them for it. Oh, it shit. also might have been like a retroactive balancing, like. Uh, 
you know, retroactive rape. It's like uh, the girl decides it was rape later. So that's why the balancing <laughs> happened later. This group of hideous shadow monsters in a dark alley in the sixth layer of the abyss did nothing wrong. Yes. They're just uh, doing what God put them on Earth to do. There is no God here. Only evil. Vatsukushi Sensei. <laughs> big fat pedo with the big pedo beard. I like how, I like how uh, for the Made in Abyss uh, official merchandise, one of the things is like a t-shirt with his face on it. And this is not really? even a joke. Yeah, I can put it in the chat. But uh, uh, one of the Made in Abyss official merchandise is a Tsukushi Sensei's face on a shirt. <laughs> That's pretty horrifying by itself. But but he's not fat, apparently. He just somehow look fat. He, 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 yeah, he has he, some you loose look at skin it. on his face. Yeah. I'll go ahead with the shirt and uh, you guys in the Discord? Or? Uh, you can just put it in the mumble chat. Alright, there's there's a shirt. There's the official Made in Abyss merchandise. <sighs> Fucking hell. Why would you wear that? There's <laughs> <laughs> like a limited edition gold one too. It's like, uh, it's like $200 on a used clothes site. Why? This seems to be kind of a meta show too. It's like uh, part of the meta about the shows is like this guy has the guts to put his face on this and his real name and his face. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> this fucking series! <sighs> so many things I love about it. This is one of my all-time favorites. But yes, the. The, the Here's the limited edition is, gold one. That's uh, it's uh, about uh, it's one hundred and seventy dollars on that. Yeah, the creator is close site on Amazon. This insane genius. There's really no other way to describe him. Yeah, I want to ask him where he gets his ideas. <laughs> that that small genius is really. Uh, he gets his ideas from reliving his traumatic childhood rape, probably. I don't know. I, I think what I'm guessing. Like, uh, he was a Camordian. He just grew up on video games. He didn't even have experience like uh, even like other types of like just TV shows. And he just only played video games. And I think that's what happened. Because this is, I mean, I mean, you know, spent his whole life like whacking off like these, you know, PC games, like these L eight PC games. You know, it's like a million of them. That's what all, all the hentai games are like. They're like hentai. RPGs. Yeah, Japan had tons He's of doesn't them. Have the... any other exp... He doesn't have any other exposure to media than that kind of stuff, and that's just what happened. He's... His brain is broken from just a lifetime of yeah, consuming he's... this fucked up shit. Consum, cum, consuming these, uh, these, uh, whatever, these spunky night type, uh, fantasy rape fantasy. PC yeah. games from the nineties. Yeah. yeah, all the PC ninety eight games. Those are like eighty or ninety percent of those were porn. And uh, just the brilliance of the Made in Abyss is he managed to make a, a show from that inspiration without it being Isekai. Yeah, and this could have easily been some disgusting porn series, but he, he's able to craft a really magnificent story. 
Yeah, yeah, especially with the season two, I think it, the writing is really clean. I mean, when you get into like, uh, like there's Iron Rain at one point, this is like legit Kino stuff going on. And the writing is actually good. And Wazikian is a did he do something wrong type of um, actual ambiguous villain. And uh, especially if you just saw season one, just you need to you need to see season two. If you just thought season one was a bit torture porny. I think season two is actually, yeah. you know, yeah, it, it, it does ramp up the human misery even more in season two, but it's also a fantastic story. So I have to agree that's, with that, you. That's Craig. another thing you've never seen before. It's like, you've never seen a little girl being transformed into like this Cronenberg birthing wall that gives birth to stillborn babies forever. It's like, oh, you've never seen that before. <laughs> you've never seen anything like it before. Oh, it's so creatively sadistic and twisted. I love it. Yep, yep. So, Mew, Full Metal, anything else to add? Nope, I, I'm just kind of terrible at these... Um, at these episodes, we'll just talk, talk at one... About like one anime, I, I can't just dissect a work like this. It just doesn't work. <laughs> I think my main criticism of the uh, of the show, and I'm not saying it's bad, it's very good, but it is the amount of danger that they're in. I feel like kind of it, it kind of takes away from it. Like how often they're in dire straits. It, it there there's no moments of like them going up it's only down or like flatlined they're they're something that berserk did a lot better was like there felt like there were moments of like um yeah things might look up but at no point in time does it ever feel like it's going to get better in the show only worse i think in season two you had some kind of like daily life thing going on where they're like exploring the the town and you know getting to know everyone And, and then everyone in the town gets killed that's because of the hero protagonist. I wouldn't say, yeah, I wouldn't say that as an up. That's just kind of it going flat. Like, it's a moment of reprieve before everything goes completely to shit. I guess so. Like, but there's it, not it, much it, it happiness seem to like, be found at all. So it, it, well, it kind of makes it hard to root for the characters because it's like, like I said before, there's no light at the end of this tunnel and you just kind of know that. So what it's if, like, oh, they if, win the day, but then, like, what's going to happen the next day? It's just going to get worse. What if the eighth layer It's like you're just watching people abyss. descend into hell. What if the eighth layer is a secret paradise? Enrico's mom that is would, there. That, that would be the funniest thing about this whole show. After all of this bullshit, there actually is a happy ending. But I, I, I'm not going to hold out hope for that. I think, it feels I think, like they're uh, just going, they're just descending down the nine layers of hell. Uh, my money is on the uh, the diehard ending. Rico is uh, walking out of this thing, uh, blowing the whole thing up behind her, putting on sunglasses. The uh, thing is, uh, the only question is, uh, is Nanachi and Reg making it out with? Uh, my bet would be that at the bottom of the abyss is a black hole and it consumes everything, and that's the end of this fucking series. <laughs> You're not allowed to be happy. Uh, I, I I do wonder what happened to Rico's mom. Because she seemed like the 
more like a standard hero. She's like the Indiana Jones character who bravely goes into the unknown. And, uh, and But her nickname is also the Annihilator, so she's probably killed most most enemies she's come across. She, yeah. she might be the final boss. You got a big who, who, yeah. who, did, who oh, did daddy God. mystery going on, too? You mean Bond Rude? <laughs> no, I mean uh, Rico's father, apparently. It's a mystery person you've never seen their face yet. Oh, uh, I was looking at the wiki earlier. They showed his face in one panel of the manga. Oh, his face yeah. is shown in panel. Yeah, let me pull it up. I think I saw it too. It's like a white-haired Kawaru Nagisa-looking guy. Here we go. This is Liza's husband, Rico's father. He looks very young, so uh, she might have a straight Shota fetish, oh, for all we know. She looks like uh, uh, Rico. Yeah, copy of Rico, basically. Basically a copy of her dad. Yeah, not much is known about him, except that he, he died ascending from the fourth layer. Just not yeah, as tough. probably be like... I see. Reincarnated as some sort of uh, creepy rape monster that Rico's going to have to fight. Because, you know, <laughs> that's just kind of how this show goes. I, I always was going to say he, uh, the Reg is like a relic, you know, like a, a consciousness transferring relic. And uh, his dad, her dad, used, uh, transferred his consciousness into Rig. And, but he, and then he got amnesia. That's what I was thinking was going to go on. Could be, or he could just be another victim of the abyss. Yeah, guess we'll have to find out. Yeah, one another fan theory is that every dead person uh, becomes a relic eventually. Mm -hmm. That would kind of make sense, honestly. So why why are some of the relics like doubled up? And it's like apparently there's a lot of the same relic, and there's like common relics. Yeah, maybe people in the same bloodline <laughs> died together. I don't know. Just oh, maybe right. it has See, to do with like, what your whistles. purpose was for descending. Yeah, What's maybe going that... on with the white whistles. It's like that's a dead person and it gets transformed into them. So it's the same rule for every relic. Yeah, it could be. And it's just the white whistle process is another version of that. So a lot of mysteries to explore. So uh, I'm caught up with the manga. A lot, a lot of fetishes. A lot of fetishes don't necessarily <sighs> include a lot of piss fetishes. Yeah, we're yeah. gonna see. We're gonna see quad quad amputated lolis pretty soon. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, you are. <laughs> the quad quad amputee lolis soapy bath time. Yeah, well, one of them's a boy, one's a girl, but yeah, they're missing all their limbs. I like how they're the, they're the cover, the cover catch characters. So whenever in a, in Japan, if you walk by a bookstore and they're advertising new releases by showing the covers, you're going to see these quad amputee lollies being displayed <laughs> to the entire populace exiting the train station trying to go home from work. Uh, I feel like the gore has sort of diminishing returns because at some point you just kind of expect it to get worse. And then it doesn't really shock you that much. That that's one thing like I like about the show. The first couple rug pulls, you're like, okay, it spaces like, them good. Up, it's the not like it Saw on, or Invincible. Like, yeah, that's about how I expected that to go. That's the problem with shows like Saw and Invincible for me. It's like, okay, you know, they're going to have to include like a big gore shot once every episode. And you're just waiting for it. But I, they, they're kind of like the, the at least the timing 
there's like a one big thing that kind of happens, but it's not so much like every episode they feel compelled to like, like have some gore. It's just kind of, it's good with the timing, I think, in the show. And you, you can easily fall into that kind of like torture porn, saw, hostile, or even invincible type trap. Like if you have like a, a series that's known for being uh, gory, it's like you have to have one every 30 minutes or the audience is going to stop tuning in. Yeah, and we see Fapita exterminate an entire village in a messy fashion, but she just joins the party. Yeah, yeah so like that was kind of my thing with season two. So like, as soon as they started having the That's... slice of life shit, I was like, this whole village is going to get raped, isn't it? <laughs> and it did. Thank, so that's thanks, what I mean Rico. by diminishing returns. Oh, you yeah. love this place, Rico? Oh, thanks. We we, we appreciate it's... it. We appreciate that you love our village so much. Oh, look look how you're showing your love, Rico. Uh, the Abyss you... conspires just to spite Rico, specifically. Oh, you like this thing? It's garbage now. It's gone. I think Rico is going to be Fuck developed you. as like this protagonist that you just hate, hate, hate by the time the show is over. I think that's one unending optimism. He's going to start doing like things like, why did you have to do that, Rico? Oh, my God. Why do you let this mass murderer into your party? Yeah. I guess like she, that. she's strong. I mean, that's she can fight monsters. Up. That's like her first big scene is like she's like standing. She's like smiling with her arms wide and behind like this like molten rock that just got destroyed. And it's like, wow, I love this. And that's like their big like character introduction. So that's how what she's hinted at. She's the menace. She's like a reverse Haruhi Suzumiya character. Like the universe just conspires against her instead of for her. <laughs> she's gonna win though. She's the me- she she is a menace. I think she's gonna prove that she is a she's gonna kick everybody's ass in this story, and she's gonna just gonna do a Fortnite dance on them all. She's gonna be the one to finally conquer the abyss. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I'm, and she's gonna it's like gonna be an end to of everybody else's situation. She's gonna fuck up everybody else. She's gonna she's gonna get Nanachi killed. She's gonna get Ray killed, but she's gonna do okay. <laughs> I think everyone's gonna turn into orange juice, <laughs> just like an Ava. Yeah, exactly. Well, some of them have already been turned into juice and placed in suitcases, but that's I'm, another like issue. Ava, that's surprisingly like a... not even the worst thing that could happen to you. Yeah, Mitty had it worse. Irumiui had it worse. Fucking Mitty, Jesus. All right, so season two is great. It's legit. Season two is so good. We can't even even talk about it. We can't even get our minds around the thematics. It's just yeah. so deep. It's like, oh, is it better to sacrifice one person or for the whole group to survive? And is it better to give this flesh tower hope by having her only friend entrapped in her brain so she doesn't she doesn't give up hope? She, she continues to be this this flesh giving tree for this town of fraggle critters. Is that? Is that the best situ? Is that the best way that you can handle the situation? It's up to you, the viewer. Or should you just kill uh, them all? My takeaway from season two is that eating babies is based and fuck for fags. <laughs> but they're not even babies; they're like critter babies. Oh, and the reason for that is, uh, she had the pet that died, right? So in her mind, like taking care for a baby, she was still in that like a uh, child's mind where it's like a child like gets attached to a doll right and and, and thinks of a doll as like oh, okay this is what a baby is and that's and having that little rabbit pet was her only 
you know, notion of what caring for a child was. So when they took the wishing egg, it's like all that does is like delve into your subconscious mind and like uh, kind of manifest your brain waves. And that, that's all I had to work with is like, uh, okay, she, she wanted so much to be a mother and this is her only experience of motherhood. So it, it makes like these kind of like uh, fucked up uh, unliving. She doesn't know how internal organs work either. She doesn't know about like biology. So the babies don't work right and they just die. She has like a basic understanding of, okay, they might need to breathe or they might have a mouth, but I don't know how digestion really works. I haven't been to school. And that's why the eggs like did this because they're kind of like AI. They're kind of like AI that is kind of like uh, vibes with her brain waves and kind of tries to turn that into meat space. Really. Yeah, it's the most horrific monkey paw I've ever seen. Yeah, and you can understand why it's like that too, because it's not even trying to be evil. It's just like doing the best that it can, because all it really does is kind of like manifest brain waves. Oh shit! So much cool shit in this series. So much fucked up shit in this series. I love it. Yeah, it's good. Definitely, you need to see it now if you haven't. But before we go, we must answer the ultimate question: Who is best girl? Oh God, Mitty, those tits, those lowly titties on Mitty, <laughs> Mitty and the lowly titties. I was sending me, man. I was, I was getting bothered by Mitty's human form. Fucking author. So, it, it, unfortunately, the the manga is an ISS and uh, it's monthly. So uh, we're gonna have a new anime in four to five years. Yep. But we don't even know what Nanachi's sex is. And people have asked the author on Twitter, and he gives, like, ambiguous troll answers. Kind of a... Prushka. Yeah, Prushka is such a lovable character, and it, it's fucked up what happened to her. Goddamn, dude. You are now a briefcase. Oh, that's fun. Well, Bondrude makes his kids lunchboxes. <laughs> What they say? They stuff it full of drugs, so you're constantly in mental turmoil or something like that. Yeah, so they don't freak out and go insane. Well, I think it was. They said something like to make you freak out. It's like actually to make you hurt more, so the uh, there's stronger like emotions coming out of the briefcase and the person. So the the curse goes into the briefcase. Yeah, you got to get kids high on LSD and then scream nightmare, nightmare, nightmare. Yeah, you know. uh, they said this is this canon. This is canon. They said they, they they put drugs in there to like so that the the briefcase brains uh, are in constant turmoil. And I guess the, the reasoning for that would be that the curse targets like human like uh, brain waves or something. It's like uh, if if what's coming out of the briefcase is stronger than the person using the bra- the, the the briefcase, uh, the the curse will go target that. Yeah, for best girl, I'm torn between Ozen and. Rico's mom. Oh, is in the black pilled. Yeah, they're both great characters we haven't seen enough of, in my opinion. His mom is like Rico's mom is like this Amazonius type character too. She's like this drunken borrow girl, I guess. I don't know. Ozen makes a little boy cross dressed, and that's pretty cringe. <laughs> it's part of his training. To make himself Trannying, you mean? <laughs> Alright, Mew, do you have an answer? I just did. I, I say that at you. Yeah, but we don't even know if it is a girl. I, wa- 
the voice actress is a girl. That's fair. That's fair. The voice actress is a girl. And if you just watch the anime, it's very, very uh, girly. Yeah, but I'm, 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 I'm pretty sure that uh, Nanachi, before she transformed, looked like she had, she had breasts. No, that was Midi. That was Midi. Midi is the one with the kitty titties. <laughs> no, Nanachi too. Barf. Jesus. She, 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 she didn't have like breasts that big, but she, pretty sure she looked like a girl. Yeah, but Nanachi think... speaks with Oira pronouns. Which... It, 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 it pr- pr- pronouns and and Japan shit doesn't matter. You're, All you're, fan you're... art of her does seem to be yeah, she does have some kind of breast going on, and the voice actress is a girl. But pr- pronouns doesn't fucking matter. There's Bokuko. There's uh, the, the, there's literally girl characters that use Ori-sama, So whatever. Yeah, there is a character in the manga later who is a woman who says Ori. So, yeah, that's definitely a thing that can happen. That's just a tomboy. I mean, uh, Nanachi is a tomboy. Yeah, people ask the author on Twitter all the time. Uh, here's one of his responses from 2017. He says, Nanachi's gender is in your heart. Yeah, it's a short, a cat box gender. A rabbit box. Schrodinger's penis. <laughs> Schrodinger's <laughs> rabbit. Deep Hell's translation of that is really interesting. It, 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 it seems like he's trolling. Um, I think uh, he, he got asked um, um, why, are, I mean, some of these sex scenes are kind of unnecessary. And, and um, his response was, I will continue to do things that are not necessary. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I feel that. My, my hero. Yeah, th- you can see some trolling from the fan base as well. Like, look at Prushka's entry in the wiki. It says, Occupation, whistle. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's true. So true. Oh, I like that too. Like, they have to bring Prushka to the town and, and give your sword away to be a blacksmith on while you're walking around. That's a definite JRPG type thing. Go into the town and blacksmith your sword for a while, and leave it leave it at the blacksmith and walk around. Yeah, like in uh, Zelda Three. Yep, that was Fushka was the master sword. This fucked up series, I love it. But uh, all right, is there anything else to cover before we wrap this up? Nope. Full metal, you got anything? Uh, yeah, Ma didn't deserve to die. It's not her fault. She had a weird tentacle penis for an arm. Uh, I don't think Ma can uh, kick ass, so he, he can't ha- he can't roll with Rigo's party. Well, she was born from the village, so she had to die when, like, the source was killed, right? Was Ma one of the yeah, fade outers? She could have been saved through the power of friendship. That's never going to happen in this series. <laughs> yeah, friendship is useful, but. It's probably not going to keep you from. Well, the the power of friendship is what made Nanachi's decision to save those two when uh, when Rig was uh, unnecessarily cutting her arm off, and it's like, uh, well, I wasn't going to do anything, but then I saw you guys were had the power of friendship, so I decided to intervene and and fix fix your guys' situation. So the power of friendship helped out once. Yeah, that's true, and it it does enable the creation of white whistles. Yeah. So who knows? You might see blessings and curses. 
Oh, so great. Where can we find you? Um, I'm just, um, I'm just a, a dude. I'm not like, uh, I'm not after cloud or anything. So I don't have really a internet presence. I'm on, I'm on the discord. I'm on the, the Thomas Royal up discord. Basically. I don't really have any sort of Instagram or anything like that. Well, the Fediverse is the best thing on the internet right now. So if, if you want a shitposter.club account, I'll talk to the admin and he can get you signed up. I, I don't think, I, I think I'd be better off just being like a guest on one of these type of shows to tell you the truth. <laughs> I haven't really, I have, I don't think I'd be up. Uh, you have to like uh, be motivated to do this like every week, right? I think it'd be more like, uh, what's, what's the guy? This is the guy that sometimes shows up on the background in Joe Rogan. I forget what his face is. I don't watch that <laughs> shit. There's like a tweaky conspiracy type guy that just kind of shows up from time to time. A sidekick. Sifu and Ollie, I could be like the Chester type. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, what's going on, guys? (laughs) You guys are suckers! Oh, man, (laughs) it's good. That's a good, a precious Roy. Freaking love that show. Yeah, I figure I could be like the Chester type on the show. Just a babbling stoner type who occasionally says interesting things. I love how Chester things. doesn't know the story of Star Wars. And so, like, they're trying to do a Star Wars skit, and he's like Chewbacca or something. And, like, uh, he just shows them. He's like, hey, 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 what's up, guys? Hey, are you going to kill me? <laughs> like, he doesn't even know the story of Star Wars. It's like, okay, you guys going to kill me. <laughs> uh, they did eventually kill Chewbacca in one of the novels. But... Oh, damn. Well, it wasn't en- enough of this shit. Let's wrap this up. <laughs> getting into getting into Sifonali territory. Yeah. So come to the Fediverse. It's good. See you All later. Right. I'll check it out. All right. Have a good day, guys. Good night. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs>
I've got something for you. What is it? A book. What's the book? A modest proposal. By whom? Jonathan Swift. And what is the book about? Eating babies. Stupid hash. I'll show him what a pipe is. Where is the reaction? Hey, Stormy. Hey, Black. Debbie. Hey, do you like rap? Now, what in the hell is that supposed to mean? Like veal, only babies. What? And I'm talking real baby back ribs.、Uh, See, it all comes down to the fact that you all have far more fast twitch muscle fiber. Stormy waters. I have heard some dumb theories in my time, but this is without a doubt the foulest thing I have ever heard. Ribs dripping with sauce. That's disgusting. Falling off the bone. You sick bastard. Just trying to help out a single mom. <laughs>